Hello, friends. Hello, 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 friends. A tradition unlike any other. Oh, 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 my goodness. In your life have you seen anything like that? There it is. Adam Scott, a life changer. Mashed potato. Hear it, hear it, hear it. Here it comes. G'day and welcome to the 19th Tee, the very first episode of an exciting new mini-series that we are launching entitled On Campus. Episode 1 sees us travel to Boulder, Colorado and the University of Colorado Boulder, affectionately known as the Buffs, as we chat to Kirsty Hodgkins. She's a senior there. She's leading the program. She's doing fantastic things both on and off the golf course. She's an engineering major, and on this podcast, she chats to us about golf, academics, traveling, running marathons as a hobby, and just what life is like in the US, as well as the incredibly brutal recruiting process as well. It's a fascinating chat. We'd love you to tune in. It's the first of many in this series, so please enjoy the senior from the University of Colorado, Boulder, Kirsty Hodgkins. Welcome back to the 19th Tee and the first episode of a little mini-series that we are running here called On Campus. As always, I'm joined by my playing partner, Kieran Marsh. Marshy, very exciting to be joining up for the first episode of On Campus where we're going to shine a light on those Aussies playing a bit of golf at the college level in the US. I know you're very excited about this one, uh, as am I. And joining us on our first episode today as our two-ball best ball competition turns into a three and we head to Colorado and the University of Colorado Boulder as we welcome Kirsty Hodgkins to the show. Kirsty, thanks for getting up early on a Sunday morning and having a chat to us here at the 19th Tee. We very much appreciate it. Uh, no worries. Thank you so much for having me. Now, your season's just getting underway. Um, I suppose a lot of high hopes as you head into the, I suppose, 2019-20 season. Yeah, definitely. It is my senior year, so hopefully have a lot more top five finishes, a lot more good golf, and hopefully make nationals at the end of the year. As a... I suppose as a senior, does that put, um, you know, obviously you're in your final year. Um, you're, I suppose you're the leader of the program in many ways. Does, does it come with a little bit of extra weight and a little bit of extra pressure being a senior on the program? Uh, definitely a little bit more added pressure. Everyone kind of looks up to you to see like what you're doing, how you're practicing, like how your competitions are played. Uh, so yeah, definitely a lot of added pressure. If we maybe jump back to, hailing back to Brisbane and, and Queensland. And I know that Marshy, um, you guys will be able to relate very heavily around the Queensland front. Um, how did, I suppose, golf come into, into your life? Uh, well, I actually didn't start playing golf in Queensland. I, I've moved around a lot. So I actually started down in Tasmania at a come and try day. Tell us a bit more about the, uh, the, the come and try days down in, in Tassie. We don't hear too many Australian golf stories starting from the Great Island down south. Yeah, yeah, there probably won't be a lot, but I uh, used to play at a golf course called Royal Hobart and they would hold come and try days and my parents would send me and my sisters out uh, on a Saturday. <laughs> I loved it. My older sister hated it and uh, back then you could go on a Saturday for two hours for $2, so my parents were like, take them. <laughs> the cheapest babysitting that you're going to get. Yep. Um, were you always the better golfer out of you and your sister? Oh, yeah. She, 
and I'll play golf to save her life. And here you are playing it at the college level. Um, so how quickly did things, I suppose, progress going from the, the come and try days to, to, you know, I suppose, knowing that you were perhaps a little bit better at, at this sport than many others were? Uh, well, it took a few years because, you know, Tassie, I played a couple of junior events and then we moved to Melbourne. And that's when I started, like, playing pennant for Heidelberg Golf Club. And started playing, like getting into all the golf week events. And uh, yeah, kind of kind of around four or five years after I started playing golf was when I was like, oh, okay, I'm not too bad at this. Was that, was that something that you realized in yourself, Kirsty? Or was it, were you conscious of people around you talking about the fact that you were probably of a level that was different uh, and a level that could maybe take you places? It was a little bit of kind of people talking around me because uh, at the golf course I played at, I was the only junior female. So I would, I would have to verse the guys. And so when I could compete against me against them, they were like, oh, okay, she's not too bad. And then when I would go out and play junior events, like I was keeping up with everyone. So I was like, yeah. And was there a moment that you reflect on, uh, you know, going back through your history, we talk about the move up to Queensland and you had a, a couple of, um, I think, three successive years there playing in the, in the state team and also enjoying a bit of um, success at the national level as well. Was there a specific moment that you can recall where you thought, okay, I've probably progressed from, you know, competing well against the guys in pennant at club level to knowing that maybe golf is something that I want to pursue and maybe golf is game that could open up some doors for me down the track can't say i really thought about it but if there was one particular moment um probably would be the decision to come to college and to play golf um because like colorado here is in the pac-12 which is one of the best conferences and they were pretty much right on me straight away and i was like well college this good as looking at me then I can make a career out of this yeah maybe tell us a little bit about the recruiting process because I suppose um you know I've been fortunate to have a, a small slice of it and, and Marshy you obviously know it quite well as well but the recruiting process um across all levels of, of college is quite um is quite intense so maybe do you want to just give us a little bit of an insight around your recruiting process and and perhaps if there were a few other schools coming after you as well and how you made the decision to end up at colorado okay yeah um so you can go about it a couple of different ways you can either go through an agency or not uh so i didn't go through an agency i just sent out a bunch of emails to a bunch of different colleges you put up a video online of your swing uh, and kind of send out like a golf resume. And then, so they'll either send back, yes, we have a spot or no, we don't. And uh, usually if it's a no, then they'll send it on to other colleges, which is quite nice. And so when I was nearing the final stages of like the college recruitment process, I had a few colleges looking at me. Main one was obviously Colorado. Uh, there was Pepperdine which is in California, uh, Iowa State. Uh, it was Minnesota in there and then a couple of schools up north. So the ones up north were out straight away because I think for six months of the year, the golf course was a cross-country skiing track. 
<laughs> so that would not be fun. Um, but yeah, I chose Colorado because uh, they don't put a heavy preference on golf. It's like 50-50 with academics, which I want. I wanted a good backup plan, so which they give me here. And uh, both of the coaches have played on tour. They know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. And I could see myself uh, really building my game if I chose Colorado, which I did. And I suppose, obviously, Uh-oh. being an engineering major, sorry, Marsha, just to jump in, as an engineering major, um, Colorado is one of the best schools in the country for that. Yes, which is another reason why I chose them is because their, their engineering school is ranked very, very highly. And I was like, if I'm going to go anywhere, that's probably the place I want to go. I'm interested, Kirsty. I'm trying to take us back four years because, you know, we sit here and we're speaking to you and it's obviously been a fantastic journey for you. And I'm sure that, you know, where you sit now in your mindset is a lot more confident than the Kirsty Hodgkins that turned up to Colorado on day one. And it would have been at that time in your life a really big step to make, uh, you know, to travel to the other side of the world, away from friends and family, to go and pursue um, a dream and a passion in golf and to combine that with, you know, with your studies. So what, what drove you at that time? Because it probably would have been quite easy to go and, and study um, here domestically and, and maybe pursue golf through another avenue. Uh, what was it that pushed you to, to make that leap and get out of your comfort zone to move that? I would have to say the level of competition that you can get over here, like just in college golf, not even playing outside events, is insane. Like the number of people last year that left college early to go and turn pro. Um, like I knew if I came over here, I'd be playing the best of the best, like on the best golf on the best golf courses every week. And if I wanted any chance to go pro, this was where I had to be. Do you maybe want to tell us a few about uh, about a few of the golf courses? that you've had the opportunity to play. Obviously you get to travel around all around the States playing in different courses. Um, what are maybe some of the courses that have stood out in your mind or, or some of the punters, um, the, the Saturday hackers like me and Marshy might, might know of? Um, well, I can't say there's any of like the, the Pinehursts or anything on the college circuit, but um, a lot of some practice rounds that we get to play in California or at like Palos Verdes, uh, Trump National, uh, Nationals last two years ago was played at Casting Creek in Oklahoma, which is an amazing golf course. Uh, and then obviously we get to play a lot of private golf courses. Uh, so Nenea down in Hawaii is very exclusive, but we play our Pac-12 preview down there. Um, so we are fortunate enough being in Pac-12 that we have a lot of alumni at golf courses, which are private golf courses. So. Um, and obviously, I suppose we'll do, when we're doing a bit, a bit of research on you, um, one thing that really stood out in my mind was that you started um, your your average um, stroke play across uh, your college career was 80.1 as a freshman um, and now averaging 75.2. So a significant, it was off your website, off the, the Colorado website, at five strokes in, in, in the space of four years, I suppose, for a lot of people in the grand scheme of things perhaps might not seem like a lot, but it's an incredible amount of strokes to drop off your game um, when you're playing at such a high level. 
I believe that may be wrong. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Maybe we'll tell you your, yep. um, your, your media, media manager to update your stats <laughs> online. Yeah. No, I think, I think after my freshman year, I was averaging about a 74. And yep. then um, I think last year I came in kind of that 72, like the start of 73. Um, you may have been looking at spring averages. My springs haven't been back. So. Potentially. Uh, I'll tell you one yeah. thing. Um, in doing research, there is no shortage of statistics on college websites for golfers. There are so many numbers around uh, stroke play and, and different 72-hole scores and 18-hole scores. <laughs> it can be very confusing. Yeah. Um, one I did want to talk about was the Pac-12 Championships. Just tell me a little bit about that. Obviously, okay. finished 26th at the Pac-12 Champs. Um, in such a an incredible um, an event that, that boasts, obviously, the Pac-12, for those who don't know, is a, is a Power 5 conference. Um, some of the best golfers in the, in the US are playing at these schools. That must have been an incredible experience in itself, playing in that tournament. Yeah, like, so Pac-12 champs are held every year. It's always our last uh, in-season event. And... Uh, so it's really kind of a showing of like how much over the year you've progressed and especially at the Pac-12 champs, it is the best conference to play at. So you have the best schools with the best players. And so it's really good to see uh, how you rank up against the best players in the world. And last year you, you, you moved into the number one spot for, for the buffs. Um, how did you take, I suppose, that that as a as a promotion, I suppose, in many ways? Um, was that just something that you sort of just took in your stride and, and sort of went, I'm a junior now, I've got to be a leader of this program? Um, or was it something that came as a surprise? How did how did that sit for you? Uh, it, it wasn't really kind of a difference because even freshman year, like you'll go through qualifying and if you qualify in the first spot, you'll play in the first spot. Um, so I have been playing in the first spot, like all throughout my college career, but then it was my junior year. It was very defined that I was the number one player on the team. Um, yeah. Uh, and then obviously, um, you've played some, some incredible, uh, tournaments, I suppose, closer to home, excuse me. Um, you know, your career, the your best round of your career was in the Tasmanian Junior Masters, uh, in which you carded a, uh, a 63, which was 10 under. Uh, you won the Riverside Cup. You've played in the Australian Ladies Masters. You made the cut there. Uh, you had wins at the Tasmanian Tama Valley Cup um, and the Tasmanian Junior Masters. You finished second at the New Zealand Women's Stroke Play. Um, it's a hell of a resume for someone so young. Um, and I suppose that obviously just aided your um, recruitment process to, to such a power five school like Colorado? Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously the 63 looks very, very good on a golf resume. And then especially with Riversdale Cup, like it's a prestigious amateur event and to win that, um, I was very fortunate. And so yeah, to Colorado, it, it looked amazing. And uh, yeah, I haven't been able to play much at home. Uh, over the last three years, uh, which is disappointing, but hoping to come back and play a few events in January and hopefully see how I rank up against some of the Aussie girls coming up now. 
sorry, do you have the opportunity to get, to get back to Australia uh, much? Obviously, long flight <laughs> being from, from, I suppose, Boulder to, to LA and then LAX through to, uh, through to Melbourne or Sydney or Brisbane. Um, do you get the opportunity to head back to Australia and home and see the family and friends? Uh, I mean, we only get two opportunities a year. So obviously our winter break, which is half of December and half of January. And then the summer break, which usually runs from May to August. Uh, but I usually take summer classes. Uh, so I usually won't get back until July. So sometimes it's difficult to get home. And do you ever, when you, when you do have the opportunity to get home, is it, is it an opportunity just to switch off from golf altogether? Or do you still try to get out on the course at some point? Yeah, I won't completely switch off I mean I may take a couple days off here and there but uh, my little sister has now started playing golf and she's doing okay so I usually head out with her and practice of an afternoon or just go out and play 9 or 18 so it's not a complete switch off uh, but I'm not in tournament mode prep either. Um, maybe if we chat a little bit around perhaps some of your hobbies, Kirsty. One, a few that really just interested me. Obviously, cooking and reading quite standard, but the one that's listed on your website, which as we spoke about a short moment ago, the information on the website could potentially be wrong, but was running marathons. Um, now, to me, that doesn't really seem like a, a hobby. That seems like a really full-on professional uh, sort of approach that you need to be taking towards <laughs> running a marathon. Um, what are some of the marathons you've run and, and what's, what's with the, uh, the marathon obsession? Um, well, the marathon obsession started through my older sister. She ran a marathon uh, maybe a year before I went to college. And... I was like, I can totally beat that time. Uh, so I started training. And um, from then, it just sort of, it's a good way to kind of stay healthy. And especially with college golf, we play a lot of 36 whole days. Um, so coach loves to get cardio work in and running is a great way to do that. And uh, so I've done the Gold Coast Marathon. Uh, I did what's called the Disney Marathon Weekend just at the start of this year. Uh, I've done a lot of like smaller kind of half marathons. So like a few in Colorado, a few back home in Queensland. Uh, so yeah, kind of just anyone that looks good or is kind of like people have said, this is the one to do. Just go and do it, you know? I love how casual you are around just running a marathon or a half marathon. 5Ks, I reckon, Marshy, and that'll do me. Absolutely. Cook, Drew, I'm actually quite interested, Kirsty, in terms of you, you mentioned coach loves cardio and loves you to get some Ks in the legs, but um, there's, a, there's a big difference between going for a trot um, with the rest of the teammates and, and training for a 42-kilometre event. So how do you manage, how do you manage to uh, juggle the load between what you need to do to get the requisite um, kilometres in the legs to run a marathon but also you know maintain the... I suppose the strength required because they're two very different disciplines is that I'm sure a lot of strength training for golf, but also the, the cardio required to, to be fit for your, for your marathons and also your 36 hole walks. Yeah. So obviously during a semester, I won't train uh, for a full marathon. It'll just be half marathons because uh, they're quicker and easier to get in. 
And then as a team, we host workouts every week. Um, so that's more strength-based, uh, core-based uh, to get the required strength I need to play golf. I'm curious as well, just while we're talking about training, uh, I've always wondered when a player such as yourself gets to a level where you're playing, you know, Division One college golf with a, a, a view to turn pro, what does a regular week look like? What are you working on? Because uh, I think for, for Nathan and I, um, who struggle uh, often to hit the ball straight, uh, for us, we would just assume hit the ball. Just, exactly right. Uh, and I think for us, we would just assume, Kirsty, it's just just volume. It's just hitting a lot of balls. But I imagine there's, a as, as we mentioned, a whole lot of time in the gym. I'm sure there's mental work. I'm sure there's um, work around course management as well as game management. It can't just be about getting to the range and hitting balls. So what, is a, what does a regular training week look like for you guys? Uh, so for us, we try and finish class around 12 or 1 every day. And so get out of the course around 1.32. And we'll stay there until kind of around five. Uh, that's pretty much every day uh, during the week. We get one off day. And then so when, when we're at the course, we'll do a couple of team drills, uh, usually putting or tripping just to start off, and then we'll break into uh, kind of what we need to work on that week. Um, so for me right now, it's a lot of, chipping and uh, getting that distance control down. So for me this week, two of the days will just be kind of on the range with the track man, kind of dialing in those numbers. Uh, probably a day just around the greens, uh, doing a lot of up and down work. Uh, so just stuff like that. It's really more what you need to work on this week to be better next week. How would you describe yourself as a, as a golfer? Are you a, are you a long hitter? Are you relatively conservative? Are you an attacking golfer? Uh, so I've recently just changed clubs. So my driver now goes a lot further than what it used to. Um, so good. So driving, yeah. <laughs> driving is probably the best part of my game. Uh, I will hit 98% of fairways. Uh, <laughs> That's a I think, dream. I think, I think, I, yeah, I just reckon me and Marsh, you just make up the other 2%, hey? Eh? <laughs> Far out. Um, yeah, so, is, that, is that, sorry, Drew, but is, is, is that modelled on, on, on anybody, Kirsty? Is there someone that you um, grew up idolising as a golf that you modelled yourself on? Is it, a, is it a recent thing or is it just continuous improvement that you try to, I suppose, carve out your own identity as a, as a golfer? Yeah, when I first started out, I uh, used to follow Lindsay Wright and Melissa Reed a lot, and so tried to model myself around them. But yeah, definitely as I got older and uh, started to get very good at the game, uh, it's now more about like who I can become and like what I'm doing to get there. So I'm not really modeling myself off anyone right now. Um, one thing you just mentioned before, Kirsty, I did want to ask you, how do you, I suppose you're probably very accustomed to it now, but I suppose to the punter, playing 36 holes in a day is a significant, um, is a significant challenge. I mean, I played 18 on 
on Saturday morning and, and we got through in three and a half hours and I was done by 10.30 and that was all I did all day because I was absolutely shattered. How do you, how do you pick yourselves up to, to get back out on the course and, then, and not just play but play well in the afternoon? Yeah, it's, uh, so college golf works a little bit differently. Um, you do not get a lunch break. It's as soon as you finish your whole 18, uh, you sign the cards, uh, you keep them, and then tee off on the next hole. There is no breaks. It's just consecutive playing. <laughs> um, which, as a freshman, the first tournament I played, that was insane to me. I was like, how can you just be on the golf course, no breaks? Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've been doing it for three, nearly four years now, and you just like you mentally prepare yourself the day before you're kind of like, okay, I got 36 holes. Like you cannot be thinking 12 hours into the future when you're done, like on the first hole, you have to very much stay on that shot on that hole. Uh, and coach is always there with food, drinks, whatever you need to keep you going. So it's quite remarkable. Are you conscious uh, of, patch in that 36 holes where you might lull are you trying to pace yourself to ensure that you are you know going on a run in the last six holes is it a matter of trying to maintain a level of consistency across all 36 i'm i find that fascinating that you know it, it's as much a mental um push as it is a physical one to get yourself through at a level that you want to compete yeah so definitely my first couple of years so like freshman sophomore year um I would be pacing myself. I would be like, just, you know, just play par golf. You don't need to do anything crazy. Um, but as I've gotten, as I've gotten older and I've learned a lot more, uh, I've been able, I guess you could say train my mental game um, to like pretty much be firing at hole one and at hole 36. Um, it's, something that like it has been hard to do uh, especially mentally to like stay that i focused or like that on for 10 to 12 hours a day um but if like if you can learn to do that then the 36 holes is pretty much a breeze and i suppose uh, the other element to to the college uh Acad uh, the college side of sports is the academics as well. And, and that obviously plays a, a massive part. Um, again, I'm referring to statistics uh, on a website that may or may not be correct. Um, as we found out a little earlier, um, you know, obviously your GPA is greater than, than three, which is really, really impressive. Um, and I'm sure that's something that you pride yourself on. Can you maybe just explain to everyone sort of how the balance uh, between academics and sport obviously works? Cause um, you know, there is, there is, um, you know, a GPA that you do have to uphold to, to maintain, uh, to main, uh, maintain sports standards, I suppose. Yeah. So for athletes, you just have to obtain a 2.0 GPA, which is pretty much a C average, uh, because I'm in a, in engineering, I have to have a 2.25, uh, to stay in the school. Uh, so being an engineering major, um, it sucks to play <laughs> golf and study. Um, 
it I is. mean, how do you how do you balance that? I suppose you know, obviously you're traveling to to other you know states and you're on, on flights. Do you use that flying time to catch up on on schoolwork or? Yeah, so we fly a lot to California, Arizona, so that's pretty much two and a half hours where I cannot get distracted. Um, so it's good if I'm, you know, studying for exams or just need to catch up on lectures. I can just sit and just write it out. But uh, especially with engineering, it is it has been a lot of late nights, a lot of no sleep, uh, but we're getting it done. So. What what I'm hearing, Kirsty, is that you're incredibly busy, and 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 therefore this may be a, a silly question, but I'm guessing that the um, the perception or or the view of student athletes that we see in pop culture doesn't necessarily match the reality of what life is like on campus as a student athlete. I mean, probably not. They probably, I mean, they show a lot of like football players, and it's like. They don't go to school it's like just football or like partying but um yeah for pretty much every student athlete here if you're not at training or in class you are studying or at tutors or at mentor meetings so it's very different than what people think it is um obviously we are conscious uh, of your time uh, so we don't want to keep you for uh, for too long. But do you maybe just want to tell us a little bit about 2019 so far? Obviously, you've had a couple of events um, and I'm sure the team's been absolutely chomping at the bit to get out on the course and you've just had the Cougar Cup. Uh, do you maybe want to just tell us a little bit about um, what 2019 has had um, so far and, um, uh, and then what it's got in store as well? Yeah, so we've played two events of our four seasons so far. So Trinity Forest Invitational and the Cougar Cup. Uh, so the Trinity Forest is hosted by SMU down in Texas. And uh, as a team, it took a little bit uh, to kind of get going again. Uh, but once we did, I think our final round was really good. And then in the Cougar Cup, we made a few kind of easy mistakes. Um, which we've been working on kind of this kind of this past week and we will work on this week. And then looking into the future, we have three more fall events. So we'll head to Oregon next weekend, uh, then Texas and then Hawaii. And then in the spring, we'll probably play eight to 10 events, depending on whether we make postseason play. But it's a lot of golf, which all of us are looking forward to. What's that dynamic like for you and how has it shifted in terms of, you know, you know, senior and, you know, you've gone through um, the process for four years. Are you as hungry as what you were as a freshman? Do you see a lot of yourself and those younger kids that are in the team? Do you find a balance between trying to be a mentor, but also, you know, you're all competing for a spot. What's that dynamic like now that you're four years down the track? If you cast your mind back to when you first entered the program. Um, the difference between freshman year and senior year is very, very different. Um, when I came in as a freshman, um, I was like, the seniors were kind of the idols. Um, like I had Esther Lee as my senior and she's about to make her way onto the LPGA tour. And so just seeing it wasn't, for me, it wasn't a lot of like, how many under can I can can I be, it was all about setting up like a good practice schedule and then like looking at how she played in tournaments and what she did 
and kind of doing that whereas CD and now it's uh, it's like how good can I be how many tournaments can I win uh, like how many under can I go and yeah just looking at the freshmen that we have now it is really good to see already that they're like asking a lot of questions they're like trying to become better already which is really really good to see what's your goal which where do you see you i suppose what's after you leave college which is going to obviously be in a matter of a few months and, and the college journey comes to an end what's what's the plan after that and, and where do you hopefully want to get to yeah so i'll graduate in may and i want to give golf a really good go so there's a I think most of the Q schools don't come around until November, December. So I will be spending that six or seven months just, I'll stay here for a couple months in the States, uh, play like USAM, like North South, maybe head up to Canada, um, try and get all the good amateur events in and then just spend two, three months just uh, like prepping and preparing as best I can to give myself the best shot at Q school. And I suppose a big, a big um, few months for you coming up. Plenty of tournaments uh, on the horizon. Is there, is there any sort of one in particular that you're most looking forward to? I suppose they're all, they're all uh, fantastic events that you get to play in. But is there one that really stands out for you? Obviously, at the end, we've got uh, the Pac-12 champs and, and, and the NCAA championships. But um, is there anything before that, that that you're really looking forward to? Yeah, so we actually host a tournament out in California and we get a very good feel to it. So it's almost like a mini national field. Um, so we will get teams from other conferences, uh, like the best teams from other conferences. So uh, really looking forward to that event and seeing like how I can pair up against them before we head into that postseason play and like regionals and nationals. Kirsty, just uh, one one final one. Uh, not that we want to wish the time away on you, but you know we, we mentioned that uh, you know May will fast approach. You will graduate, and it will bring to a close the four years you've had as a buff. Uh, how how will you reflect on your time in Colorado, and and what do you think um, it will have ultimately contributed to your long term goal in, in trying to make that next leap up? The time I've had here has been amazing uh our assistant coach uh he has taught a, taught me a lot about pretty much every aspect of the game so not just the technical side um but we're looking at course management um kind of like pre-shot routine what are you looking at that will affect the how far the golf ball goes or how far you want to hit it um a lot of knowing when to attack and not to attack pins. So all of that information over the last three, four years has developed me into a much better golfer. And I think the stuff that I'm gonna learn over the next year will just help me even more um, as I try and turn pro. Well, as the final few months of your college career do, uh, come around very rapidly. Um, we are going to let you get back. I'm sure to your, your either your practice or your studying for your engineering, um, which is no doubt 
intense. Uh, Kirsty, thank you so much for joining us on the 19th team, being the inaugural guest of our on-campus mini-series. Um, we've absolutely loved having a chat to you and learning a little bit about uh, yourself and the college system as well. Um, we wish you the very best of luck for the final few months of your college career. And of course, uh, go Buffs. Yes, thank you so much. And yes, go Buffs. <laughs>